Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. Sanders gave a big speech yesterday to describe describe what he means by socialism because that's going to be a uh, socialism doesn't poll well. Um, a lot of his policies do poll well, so he's trying to deal with the term and that sort of thing. And uh, so we'll play a little of that coming up and discuss the whole idea. And I think it's especially relevant in the wake of uh, our next chat. Um, you know, to what extent is socialism? You know, a form of uh, communism light. What's is there a slippery slope between them? State control, etc. Uh, we're going to talk with Mr. Lee Chuck Young, who's a Hong Kong politi- politician, social activist, member of the Legislative Council, um, and uh, representing uh, manufacturers and business people in Hong Kong. Um, about the situation in Hong Kong, where the uh, millions have taken to the streets to protest the latest action, we're in a uh, a, a law is being considered to allow extradition to mainland China. Uh, Mr. Lee, welcome, sir. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Can you help Americans understand why the people of Hong Kong are so concerned about this new law? Yeah, this new law actually is um, you know, importing China judicial system in Hong Kong. Uh, and anyone in Hong Kong, including American businessmen or foreign investors, local businessmen, local workers, uh, political activists, uh, NGO workers, civil society, everyone. You know, and if there are some crumb uh, of charges in China, um, or you know, China is famous for that in a way, uh, and then they can ask the chief executive of Hong Kong uh, to, you know, extradite that particular person for criminal trial in China. And, and the worry is, you know, everyone knows China's judicial system is there can be no fair trial, uh, famous for coming up charges, a televised uh, confession, and therefore uh, all people in Hong Kong are very, very much worried about this extradition bill. And further, you know, it destroys uh, the rule of law in Hong Kong. You know, in the past, there's a firewall between Hong Kong and China. Now this firewall was completely broken when uh, anyone in Hong Kong can be extradited to China and trialed by China's judicial system. So in that case, Hong Kong will be ruled by fear because uh, many people in Hong Kong, including businessmen, uh, have to travel back to China to do business, and very often... Uh, they have the usual practice in China uh, is a bribery. And those who have paid bribe, you know, coming from Hong Kong businessmen, you know, they can also be extradited to, to China when someone in China, the one that received bribe, uh, are being uh, charged. So everyone in Hong Kong is very worried about 
uh, the personal safety, and also about the rule of law. You said that the uh, chief executive of Hong Kong would have to approve the extradition. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the chief executive of Hong Kong approved by the central Chinese government? Exactly. Right, okay. So when the chief executive of Hong Kong, uh, you know, are not elected by the people of Hong Kong, and they, it must be approved by China. So it's a China uh, puppet. So um, imagine, you know, if China won Hong Kong, chief executive, to uh, arrest someone and, you know, send back to China, will she say no? And further, you know, there's a, a lot of lies from the uh, chief executive in Hong Kong saying that, oh, don't worry, uh, the court will look at the case. But come on, you know, the evidence are not gathered in Hong Kong, evidence are gathered in China. And what if the China public security, you know, sum up some charges or evidence saying that uh, uh, this guy, you know, paid bribe in China, and then how can the court in Hong Kong examine the evidence gathered by public security in China. That doesn't make sense. And the Hong Kong court cannot do anything because you have to, you know, trust the Chinese judicial system in a way. You know, if you agree to extradite the agreement, uh, you have to trust the other system. But no one in Hong Kong trusts the other system, especially the, the, the legal judicial system in China. And therefore, the whole thing is very, very scary. And further, you know, what happened if business confidence, uh, you know, because of this extradition deal, uh, our businessmen decided, oh, we, we are not going to invest in Hong Kong anymore. Uh, we have a lot of places to be uh, the headquarter of our Asia business or greater China business. Why should we place it in Hong Kong? And then without business confidence, it would also a big, big blow to our economy. So it's not, we're not just talking about political uh, freedom. We are also talking about economic uh, uh, security. And the disappointing thing is, one minute people come out to march, and the chief executive say, still want to go on uh, with the bill. And uh, the people are so disappointed when he, she submit the bill uh, in the legislative council, you know, people begin to uh, encycle the electrical complex and, uh, you know, hundreds and thousands of people there and uh, uh, to demonstrate against the bill. Most of them, many of them are young people uh, who are worried about the future of Hong Kong. They love Hong Kong. We are all worried about the future. Uh, but the police begin to use tear gas against demonstrators. And seven, uh, 80 people are injured. Uh, with tear gas, what we call beanbag uh, rounds, and also rubber bullets. And this sort of violence is uh, very, very uh, uh, seldom seen in Hong Kong, and very disappointing. The last time we had tear gas, it's the umbrella movement for true democracy. And five years later, we have this. And we are now condemning the police excessive force and also demanding for the withdrawal of the bill. Is there any reason to think that whether it's next week or next month or in two years that China is just not going to envelop Hong Kong into mainland China? Yeah, and and uh, they have already announced that uh, they want to develop what they call uh, the Great Bay Area, which include nine cities in the southern part of China, including Hong Kong and Macau. And there, and and the idea is 
you know, the whole uh, nicety becomes sort of a uh, economic integration and and absorbing Hong Kong uh, econo- economy into the great so-called Great Bay Area in the southern China, and but the the uh, the, the, the but they have not really um, announced any blueprints. Uh, but for sure, we are sure that they would, as China is a communist regime, they would not allow the Hong Kong rule of law to be uh, implemented in this great area, great area. So it would be a gradual absorption of China, uh, Hong Kong into China, and the gradual uh, disappearance or, or, or uh, destruction of Hong Kong rule of law, our freedom, uh, and, and also our way of life. And, and that is the thing that really worries us, that extradition bill is only a first, uh, not a first, actually, you know, a, a series of, um, uh, in, you know, a, a intervention or, or um, uh, erosion our freedom had already right. done. And this will be a further one. Lee Chuck Yun is on the phone. He's a Hong Kong politician, social activist. Do you have any fear that the Hong Kong authorities, at the behest of the Chinese, will begin rounding up uh, protest marchers in large numbers and jailing them? Um, if this law gets passed, uh, we do not know when they will use it. And the Chinese Communist Party regime way is, firstly, they have the law as the instrument. And then they will gradually, not maybe not overnight, but one by one, pick out those they have, do not like or do they, they want to, um, you know, um, uh, fight, threaten the people, uh, make the people of Hong Kong fearful. They may be beginning to arrest people to send back to China. And, uh, you know, uh, we who have been political activists in Hong Kong calling for democracy uh, in China since the Tiananmen Square massacre, and we who are always, um, uh, every year we are uh, organizing the uh, 100,000 people attended candlelight vigil, calling for one and a one-party rule and condemning the June 4th massacre. You know, we do not know when they will say what that this will not be allowed in Hong Kong anymore, and we have to be extradited back to China. So this whole extradition bill is like, uh, you know, sort of a um, uh, guillotine up, up above our head. We don't know when it will fall down because it's not under our control once it become a law. Mr. Lee Chuck Yon, Hong Kong uh, politician, social activist. Uh, sir, we uh, wish you well and certainly respect your courage and we'll be following the situation. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, there's a guy who's actually putting his neck on the line day after day after day for liberty. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. So that's the first time it's I an heard actual that. hero. So that's how it's going to play out. I mean, I don't want to say it to him because there's a guy, you know, like you said, laying it on the line, hoping for a different outcome. But this is how it's going to play out. China is going to talk about this not, the multi-city Great Bay area. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hong Kong's got to go along with that. It sounds nice enough that I think a lot of the world will say, oh, okay, well, what they're doing is they're just trying to come up with an economic area, the, the Bay, Great Bay Area, sure, and then just Hong Kong will just get folded into that. Right. That's, that's, right. that's the plan, and, and a know, pretty good one. And the way they'll uh, pick off as many people as they need to and jail them and get rid of them to take the guts out of the protests. You know, I, I admire the hell out of the man and people like him and the marchers in the streets, but they're doomed.
Yeah, oh, they absolutely are. They're absolutely doomed. It's just, yeah, it's just, you know, if, if you're, if you're uh, an area of 7 million people right up next against 1.4 billion people run by one guy in the Communist Party, you got no chance. You're going to get absorbed. Yeah. yeah. It's like opening up your tiny little coffee shop next to a Starbucks, I guess, or something. Well, and they're cheek bajowl with perhaps the most effective, you know, this is the large division. The extra large division, the most effective totalitarian regime in history, the best at control. Sure. Anyway, uh, it's unfortunate, but we'll be following that over time. So uh, when Bernie Sanders says socialism, what does he mean? Certainly, if he got the nomination, that would be a big topic of conversation. Bet he admires the Chinese, Jack. He gave a big speech about that yesterday, and we'll play a little bit of it for you coming up. Armstrong and Getty. Sanders from yesterday. Now, now he spoke for a long time trying to lay out his whole socialism thing. And uh, well, let's just play a little for you and then we'll have to discuss because this is uh, well, this is might be, you know, the issue of politics of our times. I don't think it gets nailed down enough as as to what is socialism. What do you mean? Do you want this or not? (laughs) There's so much populism going on on both sides. Sure. It's hard to figure out what's what. But anyway, let's start here. It is my very strong belief that the United States must reject that path of hatred and divisiveness and instead find the moral conviction to choose a different path, a higher path, a path of compassion, justice, and love. I'm for that. I'm against compassion and love. Joe's against justice and love. And that is the path that I call democratic socialism. Okay. Well, that was some greeting card sentimentality. Well, um, so, okay. So we'll, we'll get into a little of, go back up to um, number, which one was that? There's so many. He talked for a long time on this. Where did he lay out the list of the military-industrial complex and all the different things? Oh, uh, seven. Right. <laughs> okay, here we go. We see huge private monopolies operating outside of any real democratic oversight and often subsidized by taxpayers with the power to control almost every aspect of our lives. They are the profit-taking gatekeepers of our health care, our technology, our finance system, our food supply, and almost all of the other basic necessities of life. Well, here's what Bert... Whoops, sorry. They are Wall Street, the insurance companies, the drug companies, the fossil fuel industry, the military-industrial complex, the prison-industrial complex, and giant agribusiness. (laughs) 
So the reason I wanted to play that clip is because I think about watching Milton Friedman videos through the years. He's the great libertarian, Nobel Prize winning economist um, who is for all kinds of uh, getting government out of everything. And he would regularly warn his people, his friends on the right, his Republican friends or, or, or warn libertarians about Republicans and the and the tendency for business and government to get in together and and and, you know, get around capitalism right crony capitalism crony capitalism and a lot of the stuff bernie named there i think that crowd and my crowd could get in get, get, we could get we could get on board with the drug companies military complex the prison complex that whole thing all just you know the government and 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 private things working together to take money the problem is bernie's solution is have the government take it over and get more involved in it and right. mine is get the government out of it and have it less government. Right. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, to the extent that there are actual monopolies and or unholy uh, nexuses between um, for-profit companies and, and the government and how they scratch each other's backs, I agree completely with Bernie on that. I mean, he's absolutely right. He's just got the wrong solution. And the, the one thing that really bothered me in that is the idea he always is demonizing profit like it's a bad thing. Profit has financed all of the charity around the globe. Profit has raised people's standard of living around the globe to levels that they couldn't imagine 50 years ago. So stop demonizing profit. But he, there was a lot there that was fine, honestly. And, and the, well, a lot of what he and people like him hate is not capitalism. It's the opposite. It's, it's fixed government anti-free market cronyism. Uh, and a lot of the same stuff that Trump talked about with some of those things, so that's where it's going to get complicated. Although I don't know if Bernie's going ever going to be the nominee. There's another clip we'll try to jam in, perhaps, uh, where he explains socialism through the years. But what do you got coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, I'm going to tell you the Democrats in the White House really going at it over President uh, Trump's comments to ABC. We got the latest on the attacks in the oil tankers in the Middle East and a Justin Bieber fight update. Yes, up. Justin Bieber challenged Tom Cruise to a fight. Tom Cruise is 31 years older. Whoa, Satan. Armstrong and Getty. Department of Health and Human Services. So I mentioned earlier, I brought in I brought in my son's molar in a plastic bag. My third grader started losing his big teeth in the back. Did he challenge you to a fight like Justin Bieber fighting Tom Cruise? <laughs> and and uh, the tooth fairy came last night and, and left something behind. And I took the tooth, and I didn't want to accidentally leave it at home. So I brought it with me, and I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. We got this text. I saved both my children's teeth in plastic baggies in my tool chest for years until I realized it resembled the workbench of a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. I threw them out without regret afterward. Yeah. I guess I'll just throw this in the trash. It seems weird somehow, but... Hey, parents out there, have your kids ever come to you and been like, Hey, you still got my teeth? <laughs> I need them. It's throwing away one of your child's body parts. It seems weird. It is. They threw it away first. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> a good point. Uh, news now with Marcia Phillips. Well, the White House is accusing Democrats of hypocrisy over President Trump's comments about opposition research from foreign governments. Democrats reacting with outrage after Trump told ABC News with probably, fake outrage he would probably listen if a foreign government offered him dirt on a political opponent. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, one of them, saying the president no longer can tell right from wrong. For the president to be so cavalier, to disregard, to be indifferent 
to law and any sense of ethics. That's an assault on our democracy. Now, what law, baby? What law are you talking about? Now, the White House says that during the... Do 20- you call the Speaker of the House baby? More close. What, what just happened there? We've had a thing. The White House says that during the 2016 race, the DNC and the Clinton campaigns paid foreign national Christopher Steele to dig up dirt on Trump. From Russian sources. That information is what came to be known as the infamous Steele dossier. Japan's Prime Minister Abe has... That's a pretty good band name. How has that just occurred to me now? The Steele dossier. That is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Japan's Prime Minister Abe has left Iran following several days of high-level talks with the country's supreme leader that happened to be punctuated today by a mysterious attack on two oil tankers off the Iranian coast. The tankers, one of them, was Japanese carrying what the Navy's calling Japan-related cargo. I must appeal to our learned cabal of listeners who've worked in intelligence services or the State Department or in the Middle East. What do you think's going on? We'll keep you anonymous, of course, if what's we use ja- it on the air. But What's Japan-related cargo? Chopsticks? I told you. Chopsticks? Kimonos? I think they're, I think they're referring to oil and other petrochemical products. Some of those no. sumo yeah. diapers? Oh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so anyway, here's the email address. Yeah. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We saw a little of the sumo wrestling the other day when President Trump was there to give out right. the trophy. And oh, my, I love the my sumo. My kids were howling with laughter yes! at their giant fat butts. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically fat guys wearing thongs. I tell you what, if you, if you don't get together with your friends... Hammer down some cocktails and watch sumo and bet on who's going to win, whether actual bets are in form. You're a fool. Oh, it's fun. Fat guys and thongs. What's not to like? Come on. The wife of California Republican Congressman Duncan Hunter will likely be admitting to campaign violations today. Margaret Hunter was indicted. She's turning against her husband, or is this a ploy, or what is this? Uh, it sounds like she's probably going to uh, turn states, as they say. Yeah, Hunter was indicted along with her husband last summer on charges of misusing at least $250,000 in campaign donations for personal expenses. And we went through the list of them, and some of them are... Well, H- I, hilarious if it weren't so awful in how transparently they were ripping people off and cheating. And how many people had to know about this all these years and kept their mouths shut about it? They're accused, uh, Hunter and his wife, of using at least a quarter million dollars in campaign donations for personal expenses, including groceries, a garage door, a trip to Italy, oral surgery, private school tuition and lunches, golf outings, expensive hotels, and my favorite... $600 to fly the family's pet rabbit across the country. <laughs> These are people that have become so cynical about the whole process that they think, whatever, I'm in office, they send me money, I go on fancy vacations, fly around in private planes, send my kids to a private school. I don't even care anymore. The whole system's corrupt. I mean, that's they just got to be that cynical, right? right? Sure, yeah. Hey, a positive John. And how many people had to know they were doing this? Had to be dozens of people that have been aware of this over the years. Um, Has to be. You think? Why? I mean, if, if Duncan Hunter, for instance, goes to the video game store, positive Sean, he dropped $1,300 in video game expenses. That so many video games. Um, uh, And he used his campaign credit card instead of his personal one. Who's going to know? 
And no, it, nobody could dig into how they're managing to live the right. lifestyle they're living with no visible means of support and figure it out. <laughs> well, they have visible means yeah, of support. He's a congressman. But they live yeah, but well in no, excess of no, their lifestyle. You don't get paid enough to be a congressman to live that life. Yeah. So I how are you doing it? I think the American culture thing of you don't talk about how much you make is at the back of a lot of this. Um, and you live large, man, even if you have to go into debt. Right. I hate that kind of person more than just about anybody. I mean, any shot democracy has comes from some people kind of caring a little. Let's see. Makeup, tickets to SeaWorld, five grand worth of, worth of fast food. You got to eat something when you're playing them video games, I guess. Twice used campaign funds to pay for air travel to Warsaw, Poland for her mom. Wow. Let's see. Wait, there's more. Rental cars. There was something about a... Oh, oh, $1,008 at the Hyatt Regency Lake Tahoe Resort Spa and Casino. Yeah, there, there were those kind of... Yeah, so you're you're staying at the most expensive room at resorts and getting spas and stuff like that. On the, on the dime of people who put you in office and just... It's just awful. Just awful. But I remember there was something I thought with aspen and skiing and the kid being stuck there without a credit card and they something there was some really entertaining story with that maybe i'll have to dig that up is there one where he had to call his dad yeah to bail him out exactly well they had to sell their house to pay back some of the debts before they were indicted and move in with dad and then they mentioned that they uh where is it they had an astonishing number of overdraft charges oh right um right yeah, I've got that here somewhere. Ah, they overdrew their bank account more than 1,100 times yeah. in a seven-year period while substantially spending more than they earned. Uh, they uh, they had $38,000 in overdraft and insufficient fund bank fees. I mean, what sort of person are you? You're doing something awful to start with, and then you're living beyond that. Right. I mean, you're doing things you shouldn't do with the money, and you're spending more than you're even taking in of your ill-gotten money. Yeah, it was fun while it lasted, though. 38000 in overdraft yeah. fees. Yeah. 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 Wow. Because the system just, the rules just don't apply to them. And They'll I, figure I, out a way to take your money and, uh, and, right. and cover and the, that. Those of you who are thinking, I don't even have $38,000 in the bank. Well, you should run for Congress. <laughs> Who's the dum-dum? <laughs> Justin Bieber says he wasn't serious about wanting to fight Tom Cruise. He wasn't? Coward oh, is afraid. Coward! Yeah, the popper challenged the actor to a fight in the octagon on Twitter earlier this week. And now he's telling TMZ he's only kidding, and it was just a random tweet that he sent out because Cruise was on his mind. Bieber added that uh, he would need to get in shape if Cruise agreed to fight and admitted the actor would probably win if they did. He's back out oh, of the octagon. Marshall, you didn't have to edit that. Did you see the actual quote? No. Tom Cruise would whoop my ass, <laughs> said Justin Bieber. <laughs> there you which go. Which is a terrible thing to say, because JB is in great shape. But he's a Christian boy now. Yeah. Good for him. Warriors looking to avoid elimination tonight. They host the Toronto Raptors in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. If you haven't seen the video of when Durant's Achilles gives out, we have that at armstrongandgetty.com. It is something. Oh, no, I don't want to watch that. And on the ice. And on the ice in Boston. For the first time in their history, the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. 
They took out the Bruins 4-1 to in Game 7 of the Finals in Boston. Then during the post-game interview, Blues star Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> drops an F-bomb. You know, once we got that lead, we knew we were going to f***ing get it. You know? oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so amped up. I'm so sorry. We just we knew. The boys are I've heard that word in hockey before. I'm, sorry. I'm terribly sorry. It's okay. I apologize. We can't have our sports stars using curse words. Take the, the trophy back away from him. What a nice young Canadian man, though. I'm terribly sorry. I apologize. That's a fine young lad. How about that? He was a little, uh, you know, a little excited. Who can blame him? There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Giddy Show, the conscience of the nation. So an American team won the Canadian sport. Does a Canadian team win the American sport tonight? That's the question. Not as long as I live and breathe. One of your favorite cable news channels is going to get quite the reshuffle since they got no ratings. For covering the Mueller report all that time. That's most of them. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So U.S. officials are pointing to Iran with those uh, smoke and oil tankers there in the Middle East that nobody knows what happened there. Mm. We'll see how this plays out over the next couple of days. And then you got three fingers and a thumb kind of pointing back at you when you point at someone else. No, you don't. I mean, how do you hold your hand? I guess it's kind of going up into the palm. Yeah, that's saying stupid. I remember I heard that expression so many times. You got four pointing back at you. I heard so many times before I actually, no, you don't. Not even close. I mean, if you go like that, you got three, but yes, you know. If you only have, like, one knuckle on your finger and you can't, like, bend them all the way in or something, yeah. That's a terrible expression. So, um, <laughs> one of your uh, cable news channels is going to reshuffle their programming, likely, because they just reshuffled their programming leadership among a giant ratings drop. MSNBC has dropped a third of their audience year to year, and it <laughs> mostly dropped off when the Mueller report came out, and there wasn't much to it. Right. And then to my shock, they've continued to talk about it every day. The shows that I tune in now and then, Chris Matthews and Brian Williams, they always lead with something Russia Trump related. Every damn day. Morning Joe hammered and, it this morning. And it's it's Trump derangement syndrome, or you all hang around each other. So Joe Scarborough and Chris Matthews is in the hall and they talk to each other. And so to them it seems like everybody's into this. Do they not see the polls where like most people either aren't into it, or nothing's changed their mind, or or whatever. Right. Yeah. But every day, the lead story is something to do with that. It's crazy. Anyway, the ratings are down a third. They fired the person that was uh, running the programming there and brought in a new person. NBC News Chief Andy Lack uh, had been complaining about a ratings drop since the Mueller investigation wrapped up. And so there's an assumption that they're either going to shuffle the lineup or bring in some new hosts or... I don't think you need new hosts. I just think you need to tell them, hey, how about we talk about something else? Let's lead with the 2020 campaign. Democrats every night. That's a good one. Uh, you see this thing going on in Hong Kong? It's kind of interesting. We can yeah. get a reporter on and talk about that. Well, I think, Or and, we can talk about the latest wrinkle in the whole Mueller investigation, which nobody's into. I just think, and well, I don't think this. I know this. I've observed it for decades. A lot of entertainment executives are absolutely intent on top-down programming, and they think they've come up with a formula, and it will make their career if they're right. 
And so they really try to impose the formula. And even if a formula is right for a moment, it won't be right next month or next year. And MSNBC, you know, had a pretty decent groove going on for a cable news channel. They never get a lot of viewers, but they're pretty healthy. But then times changed, and, and they tried to keep that same formula going. It's just dumb. We did this uh, in a podcast version yesterday. I wanted to get this on the regular radio show. A study says one in three adults still sleep with their childhood teddy bear or blanket. Oh, my. I'm not sure I believe that. Boy, mine would be raggedy. I don't know where Bubba Bear was last sighted. No idea. I'm sorry, Bubba Bear? Bubba Bear, yeah, he's from Alabama. Uh, <laughs> and then my wife actually uh, called our, our little boy Declan Bubba for a number of years, mm. which I thought was interesting. I liked cuddling him, too. But anyway, Bubba is long gone, I'm afraid. He's in bear heaven. I've got my bear on the shelf in the living room. Barry. Bear heaven. My mom really? saved Barry, and it oh. says, they're there staring at me every night. Mm. Um, the fans chant, Barry. But I don't sleep with it in my bed. <laughs> I don't sleep with it in my bed like some of you weirdos. Or a childhood blanket? So one in three adults say they still sleep with a comfort object from their childhood, something like a stuffed animal blanket or special special pillow. Well, I do. I still sleep with my uh, my childhood cat. It's mummified now. <laughs> but, and uh, and uh, 41% of people have a nighttime ritual, including things like listening to music, watching a specific TV show, reading a book, or eating a snack. I think everybody kind of does, right? I mean, you don't head to bed differently every night. (laughs) Right off the tennis court tonight. All right, there we go. Let's see. I'm in a restaurant. I'm going to sleep here. Tonight, I'll put on a tuxedo and get into bed. This time, I'm going to brush my teeth before dinner. Every night, I brush my teeth and put on what I'm going to sleep in and then get into bed. So if you want to call that a ritual, I guess you would. And then I say, I swear to effing God, I can't take another morning of that tomorrow, but then you show up to work, and then you go to then you go to bed again tonight. Mm. You brush your teeth, and... One out of four people have... Cuddle a... up to your mummified cat. <laughs> One out of four people have a strange trick they use to try to fall asleep, including mm. reading history books, thinking about unicorns, or putting their legs up on the wall. Is a glass of wine a trick? <laughs> yeah, Really? You know, scientists say that actually doesn't help you sleep. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> unless you're... Unless, I'd like you to speak to my attorney. Unless, putting your legs up against the wall, unless you're turning a trick. I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> exactly. You got your legs up on the wall for. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, what are you doing? And thinking legs like up you. on the wall? Too much blood in my feet. I can't sleep. <laughs> oh, 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 my feet are so swole. <laughs> I feel like I got too much blood in my feet. I need some more blood in my head. Some good sleeping blood. What? <laughs> Child, no, I don't believe that. I'm back to your objection. I, I just don't think that's true. A third of people sleep no. with a childhood animal no. or... No. You wouldn't You wouldn't have a third of people that even still have a childhood a stuffed animal or blanket. No, no. Let alone sleep with it. God, you, you meet a girl or a guy, but it'd probably be more likely to be a girl. Who still sleeps with her childhood stuffed bear? Yeah, you probably got to run from that situation. Sean, you're a single man. What's the over under on stuffed animals? I mean, you you go that you I would tolerate. To, well, you you go. You happen to be at a, a lady's place, and she says, "Would you like to see my bedroom?" She's obviously proud of her decor, and she's got say two stuffed animals on her bed. Is I think the okay? over under is one and a half. I think it, it, <laughs> two is too many. I think so. I, two is a warning sign. Five, okay. I gotta go. Fair enough. It's a spectrum. Hey, Sean, this is your cat, Boots Thomas. You forgot to bring home Fancy Feast yesterday, so I'm just calling to remind you. Now have fun with final meow thoughts.
<laughs> that was Sean's cat? Sean's cat? Did, did I hear that correct? The speech impediment. Uh, Boots <laughs> Thomas? Was that its name? Yes, exactly. Here's your host, Joe Getty. <laughs> what just happened? Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad to round out the hour. Hey, it's Marshall Phillips. Marshall, final I, thought? I gotta tell you, Monday will be one month since I invested in any form of gaming. And I tell you, I got the itch. And come Monday after work, I'm out there. <laughs> wow. Already looking forward four yes, days early to buying junkie. scratcher tickets. Yeah. He's in the control room, but he's totally out of control. Michelangelo. Uh, last night, I bought my mom and dad dinner for the first time in a long time, but I forgot how expensive it is. So next time I'm cooking dinner, and I'm going to get those fancy TV dinners from them. They're going to love them. Awesome. <laughs> Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, disturbing to learn today that Marshall sprinted out to an early lead in our Democratic candidate death pool. Yes. Uh, he's got two of the first three most likely to be out. I, I think I might need to manufacture some sort of uh, Twitter scandal with Michael Bennett, John Hickenlooper, or Tim Ryan. I got to get back into this race. Force them out of the. That's a good idea. Uh, Jack, final thought for us. Trying to do figure out what to do with my son's tooth, which I brought to work in a baggie because I was the, showing it to us. For yeah, really. I was Her. the tooth fairy last night, and I hate to just throw it away. Somebody texted, "Leave the tooth next to the sink in the lunchroom." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> some sort of prank. You got to come up with a prank, right? Clump of hair and some red food coloring. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, yeah. My final thought is slightly more serious than the giggling boys I work oh, with. Boy. Keep your eye on the Hong Kong situation. Watch the way totalitarianism is implemented in a free society. Be a pretty good primer on how that works and what it looks like. How about just like a pair of pliers in the tooth next to the sink? What do you think of that? Armstrong and Getty rapping about another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for all the clicks, all the stories we've talked about. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. How about you pretend to hit me and I'll spit it out in the newsroom? That'd now we got funny. something. There. That's yeah. funny. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Oh, let me call the FBI. Give me a break. Armstrong and Getty.